This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, disaster divas from both to both sides of the hemisphere. We send our hearty welcome back message because this week we are talking about a joint Singaporean and Australian production, the movie Bait, which I watched on Amazon because I could do it for free via IMDb TV, apparently. So it was the specific one I watched said um, Bait 3D. So I don't know if the rendering was any different from the bait that that you may have watched. I don't know if they like went in some post-production with some extra 3D painting in the CGI, but uh, it did not. It was not any different when you watched it on Tubi. Yeah, it didn't, uh, it, it didn't, it was not worth, the 3D on their part, I would say, was not a worthwhile endeavor. I think they could have left that out, but I feel like that's what we were doing in, like, when did this come out? 2012? I feel like that's what we were doing in 2012 was, like, My Bloody Valentine, 3D, Texas Yeah, Chains, there was, there was a lot of 3Ds at that time, but. 3DD. Maybe, which we'll get maybe it was point. not necessary for us to have 3D in this case. Right. Yeah. Like so I got, I got the need po- to, yeah, didn't need to, I was like, I'm not going to feel like I'm more underwater if it's 3d, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pretty simple operation in bait. As far as the plot goes, Amanda, do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so basically we are in Australia. There is our main character whose name I believe was Jake. I don't know. I, Josh, you know, Josh, sure. sort of a, a Jake, a Josh type sort of gent was, played by Xavier. It was Xavier wildly Pinto. unnecessary to truly know the characters' names in this. There was hero, there was hero guy. There were there were a lot of archetypes. So hero guy was a lifeguard. He was engaged to Tina, and uh, Tina's brother was eaten by a shark. A year later, he's now working in a supermarket that Tina happens to go to, and that is then, and also that a robbery happens to be taking place in. And is then hit by a tsunami. Yes. Uh, tsunami brings in a 12-foot great white shark. And the Ooh, really? And- two. There's oh, yeah. there's there, one in the there's two, one in the car right. park as this is there Australia. And then there's one in the main floor of the and I wondered, I because I, I believe I said this in the end of the last episode. I was like, apparently the where they're trapped in their watertight supermarket, but what it is is the supermarket itself is kind of set down below ground a bit like you'd have to you have to drive down to get into it or like step down to get into it so the windows themselves um they it's not like the doors are just sealed so tight by debris that water can't get out the wind there aren't like there isn't any like way for the water to escape unless it got up to as high as the ceiling um windows that run along the top of the building or until like it reached the door threshold so so basically we're we're working with what we're working with is that they're now trapped in an aquarium, essentially. Yeah. With, uh, an aquarium with two sharks. Um, and they have to, of course, escape and survive the sharks. The shark, which, like, you would think it's pretty easy to avoid a shark in the water if you're standing on top of a case that isn't in the water. 
Sure. But you would be wrong. Well, they do have to find, I mean, they do in they their find, defense, they, they, they do need to find ways. ways to try and escape. Right. And, but also like every so Leading often. Leading them to get, the water. Every so often they just get knocked into the water, which I really appreciated that they just, every so often it was like, oh, we're just going to have the shark whack the case so hard that it knocks people into the water for, because why not? Chaos I shark. mean, I love of it. Of course it would. It's going to eat, it's eat, it eats like, a, it eats at least fucking 10 people when it's swimming down in there. These are clearly like, these are clearly like meth sharks in the way that crawl had meth gators yeah. that were, that were not eating for hunger. They were eating for sport. So yes. the, the, this shark just cannot stop eating people. It does not get its fill. Um, and uh, the reason the, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a surprise come together sort of for our sort of main couple, which would be uh Sharni Vincent and Xavier Samuels who played Josh and Tina because after the death of her, after the death of Tina's brother and apparently Josh's best friend in the shark eating accident the year before, she has decamped to Singapore, presumably for something for work. They were going to go together. She, uh, he turned into a bit of a self-hating bastard. It sounds like in the wake of the death. So I, would, she- I would argue that having the, the vision board he had about his, her brother's death. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the first things we see about him in that after year, he's got a, a, a cork board that has like articles about the brother's death and photos of her and him in happier times. I would argue yeah. that's a self-hating bastard is probably a, an understatement on that one. It's yeah, a little yeah. pathological at that yeah, point. Like she had to go, like Tina yeah. had to go and that makes sense. So when she appears back at the store, it's very unexpected because she's been in Singapore and she brings her handsome new beau who she met in Singapore. So that's a bit of a sad thing. He gets dispatched fairly quickly. Distraction replacement boyfriend. Really? I like the way he goes out, but he, he gets dispatched fairly quickly. Uh, other, other fun fact. I feel like we just have to address here is that Xavier Samuels, uh, who plays Josh, you might recognize him from the movie adore, which I mean, it stars Robin Wright and Naomi Watts as gorgeous Australian moms. Oh my God, he's that gorge- one? Yes, who have gorgeous Australian sons. And then they the, the sons start fucking each other's moms. And you know, as it becomes one does a, when your moms are Robin Wright and yeah, yeah. Naomi Watts. And like, so then it becomes like a erotic thriller where there's like rivalry between young sons having sex with their best friend's moms. And like, I forget if dads are involved in it, but they like get mad at each other because it it becomes a weird love quadrangle. And there's some super edible shit in there because each of these boys is so upset that the other one's having sex with their own mom. It's like, wow, do you want to be having sex with your own mom? Is that what the tension is here? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of of moms. Yeah. It just needs to be known that that's a movie that exists. If you haven't seen it and you should really make time for it. And uh, Naomi Watts gets to be Australian in it, which I feel like we so rarely get to see. But and also Julian McMahon plays the surprise. There's a a, a, a store robber, yeah. uh, store robbery happening in this movie. And yeah, he is which, always so fucking menacing. It was the one time I was like, wow, he took this role. He didn't take this role, I think, for the money. I think he took this role. because It was like the one chance he had to be a not bad guy. He was yeah. so excited that his agent brought him a role where he was like, I'm not a bad guy. I get to have a good, I get to have an arc. Even and he just even took the role. I would have the most paid bad them. guy, good guy you could possibly be. Like yeah, nothing no, about reluctant. Julian McMahon can be a, a true protagonist. 
he is he's reluctant but he, in this in this one time he as much as he can becomes like the good guy in this he he's the hero the he part, tries the he, part he where i the most heart. the part where i most thoroughly believed in in julian mcmahon as the robber because he's he ha, he's he's staging this robbery because he apparently some criminal man is persecuting his brother so if he does this robbery and gets the money from it presumably his brother's debt will be paid and so he's like playing the hero he's playing the noble guy the only part where julian mcmahon truly feels like he makes sense in this movie to me even though i was glad he was in it the entire time is when he is killing a person by ramming a hook through their shoulder and throwing them in the water to make them shark bait and like slyly grins and he's like let's give him what he wants and throws his bloody shark bait body in the water i was like there's julian mcmahon yeah there's our guy the more he just goes just right over the edge to unhinge and i was like yeah cool cool cool. that's yeah that's it where he's not he's not like a, a reluctant robber but like a fully sated murderer i was like oh that this is much better yeah, no, I kept waiting for the the third act reveal where it turns out that he's been the archi- like the architect behind the tsunami the whole time because he's yeah. a very elaborate serial killer. Yeah. And I was like waiting for it to find out that yeah, he actually staged the tsunami and released the sharks in there and this has been part of a saw-like plan for this whole thing. <laughs> because because that's what Julian McMahon does. I assume does in his spare time. Like <laughs> yeah. I was I thought this was some Doctor Doom shit. Like I was fully I was fully ready and yet no, he ends up being a good guy who gets the girl at the end. Yeah. Which uh, I, I'm waiting for the sequel. I don't trust it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the sequel where he, like, where he just like psychologically tortures her with a uh, shock yeah. trauma. Yeah, yeah. That, that would feel right. Um, yeah. The long game is what Julian McMahon is always playing. Um, yeah. What I, I, I like uh, how this movie starts with... Uh, a devastating shark attack, one-off shark attack. And then I was, the tsunami kind of took me by surprise. Like I knew the tsunami was coming as per the little description of the movie, but I was glad we started with a very CGI moving 1000 fucking miles per hour tsunami sweeping in across this Australian coastal town and just, I mean, wiping it out on a level with the, with the wave in the movie San Andreas, despite being like a considerably smaller seeming earthquake that would have instigated, like the the earthquake didn't seem to do much damage to the surrounding area, but then that tsunami fucked that whole coastline up. I didn't have an issue with that because tsunamis often happen from earthquakes that are from further away. So you're not going to get that tsunami from necessarily like a, an earthquake happening in your town. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah. have been like an earthquake in New Zealand or somewhere off like out further out along the ring of fire that then traveled really far and it hit the town. Um, so that I fully, cause I was like, I didn't need to see an earthquake. I didn't need there to be an earthquake. There's been reports of like, know, but there was an earthquake. Right, but I need there to be a big one, like oh, okay, because okay. it could have been just like how we sometimes feel them from far away. It could have sure. been a small, a big earthquake that we felt that they felt from a distance, mm-hmm. um, without realizing that that's what was happening. I did love that there was like weirdness with the birds and everything, and all the animals <laughs> were weird. I love a good, I love a good bird weirdness. And oh, so yeah. when he was walking to work, and there were just like thousands of seagulls flying, <laughs> panicked through the air. Um, despite like nothing happening yet, there was no earthquake. There was no indicator that there was going to be something. That's because they know Amanda. They I know. I love, I love a Just good... like the movies tell us. I, I, see, and, 
And I, having seen my dog completely sleep through earthquakes that happen a mile away, <laughs> I love a good animals, animals know trope. I just, it's not real, but I love it. Um, <laughs> it and like, it just, there's nothing more menacing to me than large swarms of birds. Oh yeah. Like, no, that's, that's just, that's, that's just, kind of nothing good. Even in real life, when I see lots of birds, I'm just like, I don't, I don't trust you. I'm not sure how I feel about what's happening right here. So, no, we should never trust birds. Never, never <laughs> trust them. Never. They're airborne dinosaurs. I don't trust them as far as I could. Well, I mean, I can. I, I'm not going to throw them because they're birds, and I'm not getting close enough to throw a bird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tsunami, the the tsunami sweeping in and just decimating everything, and I, which I was like, I'm fully in for. It was just a great a great showpiece of, of destruction. Well, we I saw a lot of people, we saw a lot of different people throughout that we never see again die, yeah, which I really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. We didn't need to get shots of like people in a restaurant fleeing for their lives and getting whacked with water. Like it yeah. could have just hit the store. <laughs> no, we've got, they, they blew a lot of money killing a lot of rubber people. Which was, I mean, this movie looks, uh, it looks hilariously cheap, like it, it, which is funny because the the thing that looked the cheapest to me was just the supermarket. Like it looked like the most. It looked like a middle school theater production of a grocery store, and but but yet there were great throughout the movie body parts just sort of placed in our view, like a smashed face, a dis, a, like a, a a severed limb. There were just like great dead body pieces ambiently that like a nice little effects team had put together. But I guess, I mean, I guess that's where the resources went in lieu of some like, you know, computer generated shark leaping out of the water moments and making a grocery store that didn't feel like it was like painted on a matte canvas and then just sort of hung up behind them. I weirdly enough did not have issues with that <clears throat> grocery store. Cause in my head I was like, maybe this is, I mean, I've been to some small kind of rinky dink grocery stores. Like it's, <laughs> in Scotland and stuff where like I go into a grocery store. I'm just like, this, this doesn't feel like a grocery store. This feels like somebody set this up in their house with like yeah. metal shelves <laughs> that you buy at target. Like, yeah. Those it did. It, it snapped together. Yeah. Unfortunately, we only see the store not submerged for like a minute or two, but like, yeah, I just, I a hundred percent, like I didn't even think twice. I was just like, this must just be what a grocery stores in Australia look like. Like this, I just, yeah. if they had lined every single shelf with nothing but Vegemite, I would have believed it because that's how little I know about Australian like grocery stores is if they just been like, there's all we sell here is Vegemite. I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's how Australian grocery stores work. That is, is my the, understanding. Now the template for Amanda and uh, grocery stores in the country of Australia, the movie Bait. If, yeah, if I go there, if I go to Australia and I see a real grocery store, I'm there, people would be like, wow, why is she so impressed? I'll be like, wow. <laughs> You're like, well, the movie Bait really movie sold Bait me. led me to believe that your grocery <laughs> stores are, are really underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, the, I, you're right. The practical effects were great. Like the, the practical effects were worth it. Yeah, I wish that they had leaned more into that Me and too. then less away into like it wasn't necessary to watch us to see the shark thrash a lot of bodies underwater. Mm -hmm. Like we all know sharks thrash. Yeah, we know. <laughs> know that we know that. So I don't necessarily think that we needed like I would have in terms of reality of it, I would have been just as on board, if not more on board with like seeing less of the shark and more of like a person flailing half above water while the water's all like turning red and getting, yeah. you know 
Yeah, for, just uh, have turbulence. something making bubbles under the water and producing a lot of red and viscera. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, have half of a body float to the surface. I would have been on board with that. You know, just have have when he's, when Singaporean boyfriend is, is was his name Kevin? I don't remember. Um, they all had really, really boring names. When he yeah, they did. was, yeah, when he was walking underwater, like, have him get tangled in some intestines, you know? I will say, I, I don't, like, I loved the, perhaps one of the strengths of the movie is when, um, replacement temporary distraction boyfriend, uh, Tina's temporary distraction boyfriend, um, volunteers to like, there is a live wire hanging from the ceiling and it's sparking and they want to turn off the electricity before that makes contact with the water and presumably like threatens to electrocute them all. So hero Josh is going to go, but he's got a gash on his arm. And they're like, you can't go in there with blood on your arm. Like you're just going to, you're going to be bait. But so this, so replacement boyfriend volunteers to go in a very noble act. He's also the one who swam around the water and was like fishing people out in like a little rescue operation. They, in order to try and like shark proof him, they put him in basically like a bite cage suit. So they find a lot of wire, like intense wire mesh. And they yeah, it looks like they it kind of retrofitted him. like shopping carts is what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. And, and like, like basically I don't, put them in hand baskets. Yeah. It was, it was very impressive to see the uh, MacGyver instincts that these people had to be like, Oh, well we can try and fashion like a cage suit for him so he can walk under the water through the store to go turn this off. And they have like, because they're in a store, they have a lot of supplies. They have this like tubing that they hook up to a snorkel. I'm sure it's a coastal town in Australia. They're selling snorkels next to the bread. So like they have a mask, he's got a snorkel. They like run the pipe above the, they run like the breathing tube above the water so he can like continue to breathe as he goes. It was a very sophisticated operation for a like, think on their feet. How do we get somebody to the other side of this? Cause they can't swim. And like it, the shark encounters him at one point and kind of nudges with his shark nose a few times, to sort of see what he is, but he's just kind of hitting up against basically a cage. So he makes it all the way to the, the uh, electricity box. He shuts off the power, but in order to get the last few feet, he had to t- let go of his breathing tube because there wasn't enough slack and uh, being that his body was weighed down so he could walk on the floor of the store, uh, he drowned, unable to uh, like float back to the surface and, and catch air. That was the shark walk was cool. What didn't make sense to me is when he took out his breathing tube, don't like what why, why was the plan to like try and swim back to the surface of, of in the store? Why not just walk back over and grab the breathing tube? That you put down. I guess because it would have been filled with water at that point. Like, I mean, you could drink what was inside of it. It would be sick. But like, then Mm -hmm. you could, you could then have a clean tube again. Like it was, yeah, it was like, well, I feel like we've given up on the breathing apparatus very quickly here. (laughs) Why was that not plan A? I'm assuming, honestly, in that case, I would probably panic too. And my first thought would not be, oh, I'll get that. Like if you're running out of oxygen to be like, oh, I'll just get back over there and chug a bunch of water in the breathing tube that I have to go find again. Like he was just trying to get, he tried, he tried to get to the surface. He, he was smart enough to figure out very quickly. Like he had to remove the weights that would like, there were soda cans or something at the bottom that he needed to remove the weights on, but he couldn't, um, he couldn't remove them in time. I will say the, so when you watch on Tubi, you know, they got to get their money respect um but they cut to commercial breaks right right and they cut to commercial in the middle of his drowning oh no. which like really Definitely an under- algorithmically generated commercial 
yeah, it, it really undercut um, the tension of that moment. Oh, he was in the yeah. middle of drowning. He was in the middle of drowning. And, and like, nobly he, so. He gave nobly, his life for everybody. He, he tried. He like That was one of those deaths where I was like, man, this sucks. And I feel bad that, like, I'm sorry that you were basically a sacrificial character, dude. You didn't travel from Singapore for this shit. Like, this is not. <laughs> after telling. And, of course, he drowns after, which, like, he drowns after having told Josh that, you know, she never really got over you and she still loves you. Like, he dies exactly after having been, like. I was essentially a replacement and I'll never have her love the way that you did. Which yes. Is funny. That was a real way to go out. Buddy. Like there's, I'm sure we can find you another woman in Australia who will appreciate you. And so instead of Tina, who seems kind of like a dud, like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I'm sure we can fix this dude. Um, but yeah, so it cut in the middle of his drowning to an ad for Fox News's new streaming service. <laughs> Okay. And, and let me tell you, that is some cognitive dissonance. Yeah, no joke. To go from that. Like, that, <laughs> that feels almost like, that's almost like subliminal messaging. If that, it's just something like, oh, oh, oh my God, there it is. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was one of those weird incidents. And then after like, it's that, and then there, it, the ad combinations were really weird this time. And it was that, and then it was like a birth, <laughs> a birth control starring Vanessa Hudgens. And then there was a third one. Mm. Um, and then like we cut and then it cuts back and like his body's floating on the bottom of the ground, like <laughs> close to the bottom. And I was like, oh, well, that was a death. Like that was honestly the fact that his de- given the character and the use of that character, the fact that his death was interrupted yeah. with a bunch of ads almost almost helped. That somehow that. feels appropriate. That feels yeah, sadly appropriate because, for replacement because boyfriend. Even his death couldn't get couldn't have like the substantial moment that he deserved. So, yeah. yeah. I know that 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 in its in its tragic way does make sense. Yeah. I um I I love that like all of the family drama. It's really a it really makes you bait really makes you stop and think about like wow who are the who what are the lives like of the people who are grocery shopping around me? Because in our collection of survivors that are sitting atop these store shelves, we have a girl who uh we have uh, Phoebe Jotkin Phoebe uh Tonkin's character Tonkin. mm-hmm. um who has just got her manager, store manager boyfriend fired because she was shoplifting and they found, like, his bosses found her with him, with her her stolen items. She, the cops were called on her. The cop who came to arrest her was her dad. So right before the tsunami hits the store, she is being, she's locked in his car down in the car park because he's about to like, you know, it'll do you some good this time if I actually like arrest you and make you spend the night in jail. So we have a father daughter where the daughter is acting out and we learn it's because uh, mom died of uh, presumably cancer like a year before and she's riddled with guilt. Then we have- She, she died of mom wasting disease. Mom, uh, mom it's a well-known- Film. It's a well-known affliction for film moms uh, yes. that so lead, mom leave their daughters traumatized. <laughs> yes, that is exactly. Amanda is right. Textually, it's mom wasting disease. Yeah. Um, and then we have the bank. We have the store robber who's in there with the guy who was making him rob the store, who was just trying to protect his brother. And then we have like our main couple who were torn asunder by a tragic shark accident that claimed the life of a relative the year before. And then there's a surprise like replacement boyfriend thrown in there. There are a lot of elements at play. I gotta say. It's it's really striking that neither of us have mentioned yet 
that there's an entirely other couple that neither of us care about or want to deal with, which is the comic relief couple in the car park. Yes, yes. There there is a whole, everything that's happening in the store is being paralleled by what's going on in the car park with misanthropic Phoebe Tonkin's boyfriend, who she had just gotten fired. And then, as Amanda said, the comic relief couple, who is like the most, okay, here, here's here's the thing about the car park that we need to unpack. Believability. This is bullshit. There, the <clears throat> Phoebe's boyfriend is in his VW van that has turned upside down, and Comic Relief Couple is in their BMW, which both somehow appear to be watertight vehicles that are not in any way allowing water that they are submerged in into the cars. They're just sitting in vehicles, not filling rapidly with water, looking around, wondering what's going on outside. There is no fucking way sitting in that BMW, there would be not a drop, not a drop of liquid getting inside that car. That was insane. You don't know how they make cars in Australia, Jordan. (laughs) That is... Like, given all the things in Australia that are trying to kill you at any given time, you have to be a lot of things. You have to be in an impenetrable bubble. In order to survive, just to drive to the grocery store. It was so just... So once you get... It, no, it was it was absurd. There was no damage to the cars. The fact that, that boyfriend's car, like, huge VW van was upended. But then terrible couple's car was completely unharmed. Unharmed. Like, and they were the, just... They, they presumably could have just sat there for yeah. the duration of the movie until the dogs inside, the little Pomeranian dog inside started barking and drew the shark to them. And started he, so the shark started bashing at the windows and breaking them open. But it was just—I'm still not sure how the shark knew that there were humans inside. Like, shark doesn't know there's food inside a car. It's a shark. No, I—I don't know what the frequency of the dog's bark was it signaling to the shark. I do not know. This shark was rampaging these two twelve-foot great white sharks. But it, yeah, so like a whole situation happens in the car park that is largely, that is basically irrelevant because they end up back in the store anyway at the end to yeah. like have the final sort of shark confrontation, blow the wall out of the building escape moment with everybody else. But I just could, the audacity of this movie after every time we've seen a car go underwater and fill up and drown people as a plot point in every movie where that's ever happened. And these cars are just sitting parked underwater. Like there's some insane military utility vehicles that are going to like have wings extend from them and suddenly become submarine cars. It was like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, no, I, that is, again, it was one of those, like, I was so, every time we cut back to that car, I was just like, I don't want to be in this car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was the car was a real low light. The yeah, com- comic relief was couple was a really different, real low light. different movie. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they were like comically awful humans in that way. Like to give you an example of how terrible they are. At one point, he the boyfriend, terrible boyfriend, is like, "Break the window with your shoe," and she's like, "No, these are three hundred dollar Gucci's." And he's like, they're not $300 Gucci shoes. I lied when I gave them to you for Christmas last year. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, how is this an entire scene? This was a movie. I felt like they shot the rest of the film. And then we're like, fuck, guys, we don't have enough padding here. Because it's really, it's it's like an hour, 20 minutes. It's a really tight film. It's very slight. And so I felt like they got to it and they're like, oh, we don't don't have enough movie mates. We got to get 
we got to get some more film in here. <laughs> and then and then they were like, fuck, let's just put a terrible couple in the car park and throw them inside of a car. Yeah. And uh, that it was be, like, what if what movie. if we had not Ryan Quantin and not Samara Arm Samara Armstrong um, be uh, be an uninteresting couple in a car that fights yeah. over money and shit. You know who it reminded me of was the terrible couple in the beginning of Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, or too fast, oh, oh Tokyo Drift. I mean, wow. The terrible couple in the opening of Tokyo Drift um, when it's what's his name from Home Improvement. Amanda has clearly so recently mainlined the entire Fast series. Yeah, I did. I that yeah. was, that was how I that's how I kicked off my quarantine. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, the, it's the oldest brother from from Home Improvement. Yeah, Ty Ty. Zachary Ty, Ty Bryan, because yeah, we loved really triple name. My my ex boyfriend's roommate dated Nikki, the girl Nikki Griffin. So that's that. <laughs> what a twist! So that I that was my point. That's why that that sticks in my mind specifically is because of the fact that like the whole time I was watching, I'm like, man, Nikki, this is weird. I didn't know this <laughs> such, a, such an important part of such a seminal film. Um, but yeah, it was like that level of terrible where in in Tokyo Drift, if you haven't seen it, Zachary Ty Bryant races, drag races the the lead character for the hand of Nikki Griffin. Yes. Of this like blonde yes. girl where they're like, what do we race for? And she's like, winner gets me. Yeah. And that is the level. <laughs> that is I the feel level like you should of really, awful. I- I feel like going forward, Amanda, you should really lean into that persona and just see what what comes up. Just what if see- I just go on just go on dates, being like, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> like just as my a brother experiment." What if I talk about the things I always talk about, but just in this voice? Yeah, yeah. I just like. What if you did the entire podcast love- with a vocal fry? Don't think I won't. I I I'll wouldn't judge. It. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge anybody. So if this I mean, is like, you know, it's 2020. Truly awful. <laughs> like they were just like terrible. And another way that you could tell that they were just terrible is that like the <laughs> boyfriend throws the dog at the shark. The boyfriend, uh, the, the dog, dog shark survives, but the that's really how you know. And the thing that's and another like another useless like it was I was surprised that useless girlfriend useless comedic girlfriend survives because she gets mad at the boyfriend for throwing the dog and like I don't want a dog to die but it truly was like a if we don't if I don't throw the dog as a distraction right now the shark is going to eat one or both of us and the boyfriend clearly hates the dog but in that moment it was like fuck it's the Pomeranian or it's us and she's like you're a murderer and you're a dog murderer and that's like worse than a person murderer I was like yeah when she said that that was time with these people Jesus Christ I wasn't sure at that moment I was like one I thought she was gonna die because they were she was clearly like wanted to have sex in the car park. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and so I was like, well, that's, I, I, I don't know a lot about disaster, about uh, horror movies, but I do know that if you want to have sex and you're a woman, mm-hmm. you die. Right. Um, so I was waiting for her to be sacrificed so that Phoebe Tonkin's, <laughs> boyfriend, Phoebe Tonkin's boyfriend could show up with the dog. Like that right, was, that, right. that, and like the dog would be her new mother. Um, I was waiting for that turn of like, okay, see, she's going to be healed and won't steal a shoplift anymore, which Honestly, like the dad knows that this is a thing he she does, and maybe the dad should I don't know like get her to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, not to get too into what is this really about, but I would argue a subplot of this film <laughs> is defund the police. 
Um, <laughs> solely yeah. because what we see is a very good instance of why Karenot cops would be more effective. Like it's true. she keeps getting arrested yeah. and she keeps shoplifting and there's clearly an underlying issue here. Yep, and her yep. father, who is a police officer, is never like, maybe we should invest some money into your, into like psychiatric care for you. And, and it out, makes like, sense what's that, really that it makes sense that police officer too wouldn't be the qualified professional to deal yeah. with that problem. So it's, I mean, we can't hold him accountable for not being a mental health professional, a certified There's, clinician. Yeah. There is no world in which Unfair. he'd be qualified to do this. Um, and, but the fact that he defaulted to like, I'm just going to keep arresting you and maybe yep. this time putting you in jail for a day, I'll set you straight. And it's like, dude, you, and he even like calls out the fact that she started like, what would your mother think of this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, buddy, maybe that's the root of the problem here. <laughs> like I'm how no many clinician. times have you thrown her mom at her, like a fucking sword instead yeah. of like having a conversation with your daughter about the grief that she hasn't dealt with. Yeah, about the fact that, like, she watched her mother die of mom-wasting disease, well, and that's now... The she didn't watch her mother die. She bounced. She oh, left. that's true. She did, and she so did she's bounce. filled with guilt. That's right. You're right. So she she ignored. And this is what she's pr- trying to process and work through by shoplifting sunglasses <laughs> from the world's smallest grocery store. <laughs> I, I, my absolute like a the emotional pinnacle of this movie it's incredible and you know what i feel like there is a there is a great reality index point to be had here because depending on your level of like narcissistic 20 something girl this could very well happen there's a moment between sharni vinson and phoebe tonkin where they're sitting atop the shelves and you know sharni she's gone through a share of shit like brother yeah. was eaten by a shark last year engagement broke up because if fiance went off the deep end with guilt uh she's back now and like i don't know maybe her first day back in town or something like it's another fucking shark situation it's a tsunami it's an earthquake it's bad so she's like you know it just you know why is this happening she she presents to, her, to to phoebe the big question like why is this happening why why does this have to happen and <laughs> phoebe gives the incredible answer of we get her backstory and she explains that there was mom we <laughs> wasting disease and we're like okay this is why you're a misanthrope and you're really guilty because you left while she was dying because you couldn't handle it anymore and you carry that with you and you you now act out all the time because you hate yourself and so she explains this she gives this whole backstory and you're like i wonder where this is going like what larger theme is this going to tie into and she goes so this is my this is my payback for that like this is karmic retribution and it's like um phoebes are you making the entire earthquake, tsunami, submerged grocery store, and dual shark threat about of of all these to all these people about your single act of feeling guilty for not sticking around while your mom was dying? And so this is happening because you, you young lady, needed your comeuppance from the universe. Wow. Yeah, well, as we all know, kar- wow. karma's, karma isn't a scalpel, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. karma, karma is is a bunker buster bomb. Yeah, you know, yeah. if if one, that's why we all have to be good people because yeah. if one of us is terrible, mm-hmm. then uh, karma will completely flatten entire cities yeah. just yeah. to get to that one person. 
Like, Amanda, what did you do in high school to put us in this present political moment right now? I am so what did sorry. you I, do? I am so sorry. I guess I should. This is the time to confess that, like. <laughs> you stole God. gum once. And so I, Donald yeah. Trump got elected. Yeah, no, 2016. What did I do in 2016 like, or a couple <laughs> years prior to 2016? That would have really. Uh, there's a couple dudes I ghosted, so I think that's on par. <laughs> on the sliding scale of like abandoning your mother gets you a tsunami and shark attack. <laughs> yeah. um, I ghosted. I ghosted several guys, um, and so that would probably be on par with. I can't account for what the murder hornets. What I did about the, mur- <laughs> the murder hornets. Murder hornets might have been me. That might have been me. Yeah, because um, there were only two, so you know it's a smaller, smaller yeah. thing. And they did strike Washington, so you know right. Pacific Northwest, uh, regionally exa- close yeah. to my origin story. It, exactly. Uh, when, I th- when she said, why is this happening and when will it end? And, and when will talk- it end? I, I honestly, in my head, I was like, girl, I don't know, because sharks have a specific vendetta against you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, this isn't like, really? oh, Why man, is this happening? Will- oh, Sharni, I think it's you. Yeah. Like, you're clearly the, you're the common thread here, girl, is that <laughs> sharks are not going to stop. <laughs> Much like how tornadoes just kept coming for Joe. Yeah. Like yep. tornadoes were specifically, and once they got a taste of her, yeah. all the tornadoes <laughs> went away at the end of Twister. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Likewise, likewise, the sharks are coming for you. Like you're gonna be taking a bath one day and like a shark is just gonna come out of the faucet and <laughs> yeah, rematerialize. It's gonna, yeah, exactly. It's gonna come out like a shrinky dink, like a pill. It's gonna hit the yeah. water. There's gonna and be then, a fucking six foot shark in your tub with you. Yeah, this is just the <laughs> risk. She's gonna have to dry wash everything now. <laughs> She's gonna live a life entirely afraid of water just because it could potentially lure a shark to her. It was, I mean, like, I, if you asked me, where's a pretty safe place from sharks? I'd be like, the grocery store. Like, I don't go to girls. True. I'll never go to Gelson's down the street and be like, oh, okay, I got my mask on. I need to go yeah. pick up some more watermelon. I got to be aware that there might be a shark in the yeah, frozen there could be food shark. aisle. There could be <laughs> shark. Never, never a concern of mine. Like, I no, she had every in my reason back. to think she should be comfortable there. But yeah, no. And and the one place a shark couldn't get her, she thought. And yes. <laughs> so I think that I think her distress, why is this happening and when will it end, was a very fair question to ask. Yes. Did, Jordan, did you she have really the same kept, problem? She really took Phoebe's answer on faith. She was like, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Honestly, okay, what you're saying? Oh, I, I, I will say, but if, if Phoebe had told me that at that moment, I probably would have pushed her in and been like, this will solve it. We know what we have to do. It turned into some sort of weird, like cult wherever like, we must sacrifice <laughs> to the great shark. God, if it had um, turned out that way, and Julian McMahon was the cult leader all along. That would have made complete sense. And we basically, that's what we essentially got at the end anyway, was that we did get like, we must sacrifice you, the one unpure man. Because like, I, that, which was a twist. Okay, wait, hold on. Jordan, did you keep forgetting? The question I was going to ask you was, did you keep forgetting that Phoebe Tonkin wasn't supposed to be Julian McMahon's love interest? Yes. I kept forgetting. Thank you. Because we We kept making everyone was going to pair up, but I kept forgetting (laughs) that like there was also. I think she was the other. I kept I kept worrying that there was going to be a love interest between the two of them until he started flirting with other store employee who was more age appropriate to himself. But he kept like he was like taking like a shine to Phoebe's character and at one point was almost like paternally like yeah. protective of her in a way that was like, wait, her dad's right here. We don't need a replacement father figure. Dad has not dad has not been eaten by a shark. 
yeah, no, it was, there was a weird, there was a lot of interaction between the two of them and not a lot going mm-hmm. on with other store employee. Mm-hmm. Who I, I'm assuming was named Gina. I don't remember what her actual name was, but she had a real <laughs> Gina feeling to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kept like forgetting that happened. And so in my head, I was mentally pairing off um, Phoebe Tonkin's boyfriend in the car park yes. with terrible blonde. Oh, okay. Because, like, yeah. In my head, I was like, movie logic, he deserves the terrible, like at the end of it, he gets the blonde girlfriend. That's just like, right, yeah. how that works. That's the prize. And then Phoebe Tonkin and, you know, store robber because of the dramatic irony that the police <laughs> chief is like, well, I should arrest you because you're part of a store robbery that resulted in a homicide. Yeah. But the daughter <laughs> sure likes you. And maybe this will be what gets her to stop shoplifting is that yeah. she also has a boyfriend who engages in a life of crime. So I was really <laughs> waiting for that. And I kept like being confused and it didn't help. That I didn't know how old anyone it was in this film. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I kept on waiting for it and like dreading it. So I was relieved that it didn't happen. But I'm glad you also kind of had that same confusion crossover. Yeah, because there was a moment, there was a moment, especially when, um, you know, Phoebe's character, Jamie, she, they decide that they're going to like, Julie McMahon's like, I'm going to fucking catch this shark. Like I've got this, I've got this line of rope. And if we can hook the shark and tie him to something, he will be anchored somewhere and we can swim to the door and he just needs a big hook. So he looks over at the butcher counter and sees like big meat hooks hanging. And her dad is like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go get that meat hook because I've got this huge fucking leg wound and that blood will be like bait for the shark. So he definitely will follow me. But before he gets the chance to sacrifice his life, Jamie's like, fuck that. You're not going to die. Dad dives in the water and takes the hero move, presumably being the emotional pivot point in her entire life in which she will get on the straight and narrow. She swims to the meat counter. She gets the hook. She ties it to the rope. Julie McMahon pulls it back. She like manages to swim back to the, the safety area where they've all been standing atop the shelves and he pulls her up and he like puts his hands on his shoulders and he's like, good job, kid. I was like, why are you touching her? Why are you touching Jamie? Or do you want to date her? Is this like a paternal thing? Like Julian McMahon can like, I've yet to see Julian McMahon in a role where he's believably paternal. So it can only feel predatory. It can only feel predatory if he has his hands on the shoulders of a very, very attractive young woman. Like, Phoebe Tonkin. It was like, this is making me feel inappropriate. I don't know that Julian knew what he was playing in that moment, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'd like to think that that's what you get. When, like, that's what he brings to the table um, yes. in this situation is that he was like, well, I know how it's scripted. Here's how I'm going to play it. Yeah. I mean, some <laughs> yeah. emotional complexity to this character, but making him like warring with his, <laughs> his inner demons, knowing that he can't have her and yet and wanting yet. to touch her. Yes. Um, yeah, which I will say, like, in terms of that was one of those rare moments where I was like, yeah, Jamie, fuck yeah, because she she swims, she jumps in, she swims over the butcher counter, the shark comes for her, and she grabs a meat tenderizer yes, yes. and just bobs him in the nose, and she I was like, and then looked at it in confusion, and she really just beat the shit out of that shark. And she like, and like, she hits him in the snout like a couple of times. And when he swims away, she kind of looks at the, she looks at the tender yeah. actor like, oh my God. And like, kind of drops it. Like I did that just now. It was like, hell yeah, Jamie. Yeah. No, that was a really, that was a very good moment in the movie. She thought, she thought I on her that. right there. Well, it, that like what this all builds up to our car park people, they make it into the main air of the store. They have got the shark tethered. Julian McMahon's plan worked. He's murdered. You are skipping over one thing, I gotta say. What? Which is Josh shooting a shark underwater. No, no, because 
Yes. Car park. You're he right. Shoots, that's how he has that, to get the gun. The park, that's honestly the and only reason. That's why the car park is important. He gets yeah. into. He gets into. They realize that they've got it. They realize that boyfriend off. is still alive, and then they and and Jamie's like, my dad's guns are in the car, and my boyfriend's in the yep. car park. We have to save him. And so yeah. yes, do they go? They they rescue people in the car park. He we see in the beginning of the movie when the the cop realizes that Julian McMahon is up to no good in the store. He goes to his car. He gets a gun. He's gonna go in and stop the robbery. Well, we see a big case of guns in the car. So he goes. You're right, Amanda. You're so right. He get, yeah. Josh gets the shotgun and on there like they escape the car park because. Josh gets a shotgun, he's underwater, the shark swims up to him, and it is a very cool moment where the shark is big enough to where Josh can, like, post up his feet against the shark. So the shark is, like, swimming at him but pushing him away at the same time so he can't bite him. So he's, push he's like, swimming along with the shark because the shark is propelling him. He gets underneath its body, positions a shotgun underneath his basically shark chin, shoots it, and just blows a fucking hole out of the top of his shark head. It, it was, yeah, that was a very cool moment. It was a great moment. It was, I was like, what the fuck do they teach in lifeguard training? Maybe it's more rigorous in Australia because of yeah, the because amount of all the things that want to kill you. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, he got, when he gets, he, I, I was, I was like, you know what? It, it, the gun shouldn't work underwater. I am fine with the gun working underwater. Yeah. I have no qualms about it because that was fucking cool. The movie, that moment, the last like, fifth of this movie outperformed the what the movie suggested it was capable of being for the other preceding like 85 percent of it 80 85 percent of it because you get the you get the cool shark shooting in the head and then they go back into the main and well and in that i would i would i would loop Jamie's amazing meat tenderizer versus shark moment behind the counter into that too. And then they get back into the main part of the store and okay, the shark's tethered in there. They're going to escape. And Julian McMahon has devised that he's going to flip a switch. And because of how the wiring is fucked up and exposed, it's going to like blow a transformer box at the side of the store. It's going to blow open the wall so they can actually get out because the debris is obstructing the actual exit. And so they've got a whole plan. Julian's going to go, He's gonna swim to the to the um the the kill switch on the electricity, and everybody's gonna go hide out in this sort of dry. Everybody else is gonna go hide out in this sort of dry area to be like protected from the explosion. That's like they're in like a little sort of debris bubble, so they'll be sheltered. But while this is happening, uh, obviously things go a bit awry. The shark gets free from its hook because there is an aftershock. And there is the the finishing move of this movie is actually quite great. Hero Josh with the shotgun. He's already got one. He's already got one shark notch in his belt. He ends up on this platform that is the, this platform above the water. He springboards from that onto a set of onto like some piping in like the ceiling of the the store. The shark is swimming at him furiously. It like jumps out of the water. Or no, wait, we've seen at this point the shotgun doesn't work. The shotgun finally doesn't work yeah, because of the water. He, so he, yeah, the, the thing is that he's on, the, he's on that angled, he's on that angled platform. Yeah, like he a chunk to, of wall. He goes to shoot the shark. That he is now standing on. Yeah, he goes, it's like a ramp. He goes to shoot the shark as it's charging at him. Yep, yep, yep. It doesn't work. Time slows down, but yep. he does not. He jumps <laughs> yeah. up, grabs the railing with both hands, flips his legs up, Hooks his legs, drops his torso down. Yeah, up so he's upside down. 
upside down, grabs a taser. Or, yeah. Uh, was, yeah. Yeah, it's taser. a fucking taser. I just couldn't remember if a taser has little shock thingies that come out. Yeah. Grabs the taser and then the ta- tasers the shark in the nose. Yeah, the, the shark comes diving at him because we've, we've seen the shark exit the water, jump up and bite people fully in half and go back down. So it's going for another one of those. You got Josh hanging upside down. You got the shark diving out of the water to get him. You've got Josh like whipping around a utility belt he has on his chest, pulling out a taser, laser sighting up the snout of the shark and then sending two little taser nodes into its face and it shocks the shark. Then, as that's happening, Julian McMahon flips the switch on the electricity, blowing out a hole in the wall, and, I don't know, maybe sending more electricity through the water, and just fries the fucking shark. And it was a, it was like they put everything in the movie into that moment. They're like, you know what? We've had no ideas almost up to this point, but we've got a, we know exactly what it's building toward. And it was an actually very cool finish. Oh yeah, and much like much like with uh, Ready or Not, where I was like, oh, they had the mental image of a bride in a torn dress with a bandolier across yeah. her chest, and then they worked backward from that to figure out how they <laughs> got to that point, and that's like that's how they made that movie. I was like, there was a mental image of a man hanging upside down, tasering a shark. Yeah, yeah, and they worked backward to figure out how you get to that point, and I, I, I wasn't angry about it. Again physically impossible to do all these things with the shark moving at the speed it was and yeah. with him to be like it was it, he he it went from like how in die hard josh went from in die from being in die hard one mode weird yeah. like yeah these are things a human can do if yeah. like in that situation to die hard four yeah to die hard to live free or die hard yeah no he went he went full he went four die hards in at that moment but i was yeah. also like i and so absurd that I have no issues with any of this. No. I fully believe that in this moment, loser Josh is physically <laughs> and mentally capable of doing yeah. all of this in the speed that a shark can jump out of the water. Yeah, like, yeah. no questions here. The only person who underestimated him was the shark. Was the shark. And and yeah. so then with the hole in the store wall, everybody walks out. And there's this, there's this very, like, kind of epic moment where Sharni Vincent, so Tina and Josh are finally back together again. And they're, they're linking hands as they walk out. And she's like, what do we do now? And he just, and he says something, I think he says, like, start over. In this way that's very, like, feels very much end of the whole world. Not oh, yeah, it seems End of this town. Yeah, it was like, well, start over all of humanity right now from the ground up. Not like, well, we go find out if our families are alive. Like, <laughs> yeah. What do we do now? Uh, shit, we got to get home somehow. And I've got like infected river water in my arm. Like, no, it was, it, you know, it was that it was the exact same beat as at the end of San Andreas. Where yeah. like, where they're like, what do we do now? And The Rock is like we rebuild <laughs> and that's that was on par of like this was his version of we rebuild except it was like well buddy i'm sure if you go a little further inland yeah. it'll be okay like it's not gonna be great but like you go a little further inland and your town's probably all right yeah yeah it was it was very much like all right the the contagion is hit and now we start again kind of thing yeah they're the last and when, at, at one point they were like no one's coming for us and i was like i mean they probably are at some point <laughs> yeah. it's not as if there's no search and rescue team available like yeah, yeah they will come for you guys eventually yeah they'll be like especially if you make some noise like yeah, i'm like, sure it'll be okay probably later today like if people yeah. were coming for those inside 
the the Poseidon ship, they were coming for the people in, in, yeah. in the middle of the ocean. They were also, rescue was also coming for the people in the supermarket. Yeah, unless like unless this is some sort of bigger shark plot in which like the sharks <laughs> caused the tsunami and then the sharks have been just d- eating their way through the entire all of Australia and now it's <laughs> like maybe kangaroos. You know, we oh my god. One thing I did love, and I feel like you can only do this with an Australian movie because again, everything in Australia is trying to kill you, is that at one point the store manager who was like, Yeah, you you are the titular bait in this yeah, story. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm going to escape. And so he's willing to put himself into the pipes to try to get to freedom. Yeah. Try to go through Um, like the the closest air air vent. Yeah. So he's going to go in the air duct and he gets into the air duct and the air duct immediately like a million spiders just come running. No, they're crabs. They're crabs. crabs? Yeah. They're they're a bunch of little crabs. They're spiders. No, a bunch of little crabs like come because he he hangs on the... He hangs on the duct, it pulls it down, so then any of the, all these little crabs that were in there suddenly slough off and run down and hit him, and he panics and falls, and then the shark bites him in half. And then the shark bites him. Either way, whatever, I mean, crabs are just, crabs are just water spiders anyway. They are, like, they are water gen- spiders, they're people. No, spiders. and that's, like, scientifically, like, they are the same family, like, they, they are, they are related. Crabs are basically just water spiders that were like, we can eat those. If you got a, if you got a spider big enough, like, you could crack it open and dip it in some, in some butter, I think. Oh my god. That's why crab is horrifying as a concept when you really break it down. I mean, I that's, love crab. I'm still going to love crab, but that's a horrible thing to think I about. I still love crab, too, but that's why I can't eat it, like, from its body anymore. I have to have just, like, crab meat extracted because when <laughs> I actually eat it, I'm like, I can't. This is, I'm mm, thinking too much about this one. Get why my ancestors said that we shouldn't eat them. <laughs> Jews, Jews were like, nope, don't eat the water, water spiders. Bad idea. <laughs> anyway, so, the yeah. Wandering, so that, I the love wandering it. Jews. The wandering, the wandering Jews, exactly. <laughs> the wandering Jews, I'd forgotten about that. Um, but so anyway, so so yeah, I loved that. I was just like, yes, this is that that extra peril that we need yeah, from Australia. Exactly. I did really, yeah. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I did too. Yeah, no, I, that was a big, that was a fun one for me, um, and it was horrifying. Because air duct full of spiders is really a nightmare. Air duct full of crabs, which are just, again, water spiders, also a nightmare. <laughs> Either way, it's not a situation you want to be in. So, um, does that, so I did truly enjoy that. Does that then bring us to what was this movie really about? Yeah, yeah, I think that can, I mean, like, I feel like there's so many different things about this movie that we could keep just, like, going back and forth and talking about that, yes, I feel like we should probably just roll right into it, because otherwise we'll be here all day. Yeah, yeah. Because it, so, it was a, it was a, an enjoyable, like, nothing. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, yeah. so I, we, I, yeah. I I breezed through this. It was it was a nice little snack. Yeah. So and so, yeah, Jordan. so what for you? No, for what for you, Amanda? Because I feel like we teased this earlier. Uh, what was, was this was a, really about for you? That was a subplot. A sub, oh. a sub about was defund the police. Oh, um, okay. got it. I got think it. that I think that was like a little sub story. Was that um, was the idea that like in certain that police are not suited to handle all situations uh-huh, and then we do uh-huh. really need to rethink how we as a society deal with um social issues that often police are forced to handle totally so agree. i think that yeah i think that that was that little sub story um and especially the fact that like it was a paternal figure and that's sort of like the police are supposed to protect and serve which is yeah what a father is supposed to do is supposed to like protect and care for a family yeah yeah we can't expect the father to handle that all the time so i was I was there with that, but I actually, I think that, uh, God, Jordan, you know, we didn't even remotely deal with, which kept bothering me through this whole movie. I kept waiting for 
um, the guy like who wound up being revealed as the bad guy. As the oh, bank yeah, that the very villain-faced villain. Like, who everything he talked about was kind of in this ex, where it was sort of like, like he was a pirate the entire time. It's like the time I was watching it, I was like, that's a fake Australian accent. Yeah, Everyone like, else has this, real ones. Is this is this how you like it like is this how you would introduce yourself, sir? Yeah. Like, is this how you would say your own name is with this kind of accent. It's all gravelly like this. It was like, oh my God, you are yeah. leaping into the villainy. He he sounded like the movie bore. <laughs> yeah. That was really that was did. his accent, was the act the entirety of that movie. Um and his laugh, the every time he laughed, there's like this abrasive, cackly laugh. And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't know that a laugh could sound like misogyny. <laughs> but it does. Um yep, so yep. I, I was like, I was the whole movie, I was just like, just kill him already, just kill him already, just kill him already. And yeah. I was just waiting for that. And then he, he does die incredibly. He he dies he with does. a Julian McMahon, it's when he shows his true colors as Julian McMahon, has fashioned a harpoon out of a chef's knife and a stick, and it, he hurls it with enough force for a Santoku blade with a rounded point to charge right through the middle of bad guy's chest and come out the other side. And that's before Julian hooks him in the shoulder and is like, let's give the shark what he wants. It's like, oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. It was it, it was a spinning end that could not come soon enough. But I was genuinely surprised by the reveal that he was the bad guy. Like yeah. I that because I had completely forgotten about the bank robber at that point. And yeah. so when that happened, I like whiplashed a little of just shock that that was a thing that existed. Yeah, no, that was a very, and so, so complete was his obfuscation that even the person he was forcing to carry out a store robbery didn't know who he was because he had a mask on the entire time, presumably in all of their interactions. So when the tsunami hit, he took his own mask off, put it on a dead body and pretended to just be another one of the survivors for conning purposes so julian mcmahon doesn't even know he's there with the guy who's forcing him to rob a store until later on in the movie and then he gets to go like full villainy after he yeah. has made his intentions clear yeah it was it was so that was i feel like we we didn't give we needed to give a little quick you know touch on that one because it it is a a good turn as much as i was just like this this guy is absolutely just fodder for a shark and then i was like no 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 he was really, he was making the most out of that experience. And I oh, do yeah. expect that. Yeah, no, I, he was, he was having, he was, he was chewing scenery like a shark in a supermarket. <laughs> he truly, he really was. He yeah. really was. So, okay. What was this really about? So yeah, yes, I, a subplot is to fund the police, but I think a larger, I think this was an anti-capitalism movie. Mm, okay. I, I would argue this was an anti-capitalism movie, um, you know, it takes place in a grocery store, um, which is a space that forces people to buy essential goods with yeah, money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets decimated by justice in the wave, <laughs> yeah. by, by a wave called karma. Uh, yes, as we learn. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and like the way that Phoebe Tonkin is is dealing with the death of her mother is by stealing things, mm -hmm. by taking material goods. Um, I think that ties in. And then, you know, and then, of course, like the terrible couple in the garage. Yep. Like he must be sacrificed because he prioritized. He got her fake Gucci shoes because yeah, he they are, prioritized. They are the assholes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they're in a BMW. 
And they truly, I would assume that as soon as they walk out the door, like she dies suddenly. We just didn't see it, but she must also, <laughs> she must also be sacrificed. But like he was the worst one because he gave her the Gucci shoes mm-hmm. that were fake because he wasn't able to stand up to her about like the lie that is capitalism. Okay. Um, so he indulges in it. But Julian McMahon gives an entire like speech to the terrible, to the, to the terrible boss. Yep. Yep. Um, about like, it's funny because, you know, you're going to spend your whole life working here and this store is going to kill you. And now the store <laughs> is just going to kill you a little faster. <clears throat> and I think that was really the moral of the story was like working, <laughs> you know, the, uh, most of them are trapped in a place of business or a place where they need to get goods that they have to spend money on, yep. um, that they then have to work in order to survive. Yep. And that space is what's going to kill them. And meanwhile, you've got the shark mm-hmm. and the shark is, you know capitalism if it doesn't keep moving forward it drowns it's true if it doesn't it and needs eating live, everything in its path indiscriminately it's, it, it needs live bodies it needs the body of the worker yeah and yep, so at yep. the at the end of this film when they come outside and the entire city has been decimated um and all of you know man's man's totems to capitalism yep, have yep. Been wiped out mm-hmm. and, and what do we do and what do we do we, we start to- over we start over, and I'd like to think that they start over with like a a, situ- a, a more a more um, socialist sort of bent. At that point. <laughs> um, so that's where that's where I land on this. I one, see it. Is I, see I it. I'm fully. I don't think this is an eat the rich. I okay. think this is more of because like you know. Yeah, we're not given an some, avatar. For that. Yeah, no, this isn't eat the rich. This is the working men must be must be freed from the shackles of capitalism. Yes. Okay. I hear it. I hear it. I feel it. I see it. Thank you. Jordan, what do you think this movie was about? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with with karma's a bitch. I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to ride Jamie Phoebe Tonkin's wave all the way to the end and say that this, these people are basically in a form of purgatory and they are being judged. This is fucking lost and they are being judged one by one. And those who survive, are those who were deemed in judgment worthy of going on. And this was this was karma catching up with all of these sinners, all of these doers of wrong throughout the course of their life, from the from the minor to the major in, in the level of transgressions. All of these people in their collective sin had brought down a fucking tsunami on this Australian coastal town with the power of their of their moral failings and then had to then endure the weeding out process for, are you, it's like kind of going back to what you said with saw, like this was their jigsaw moment. Like is life so precious to you that you would fight for it? Well, here's your fucking chance to prove it. So survive this shark and let's see how you fare. So I'm going with that. I'm going with uh, the the power of karmic retribution and the like Old Testament, Old Testament finger wagging of you better be good or else. Not because it's good to be a good person, but you better be good or fucking else. And the else is a pair of sharks in a flooded supermarket where they want to fucking eat you. Oh, Jordan, I, you know, I love, you know, I love a good biblical uh, <laughs> allegory. I love this. There it I, is. Love, I love the fact that they're, they're in purgatory. There's a second uh, level where it's like almost a hell. I'm yep, in. Yep. I, am, I, I, I think am it's so, 
both of what we're saying, I think, flows together very sensically with yeah. what we watch oh. in this movie. The jump, really... logic jumps, they're logic steps. They're not even jumps. Yeah, no, this is we're we're walking up the steps from the from the car park up to <laughs> up to the supermarket. I love this. this and is so, great. like, and what do we do? Well, we start again with our clean slates. Oh my god, it's the good place. I love it. <laughs> it's the good place. This so is, then that's fantastic. That brings us to uh, fantasy casting. Yeah, so I was real negligent this week. Uh, okay. I watched the movie last night, and due to personal personal issues, um, I really barely remembered to watch the movie last night, but was proud of myself <laughs> for setting for setting a reminder in my phone to do so. <laughs> um, but yeah, as we sat down just now, after you had to wake me up, um, yeah. I, had, I realized I'd forgotten to do any semblance of fantasy casting on this. That's um, okay. Yeah. If you didn't, if, if inspiration wasn't striking you either, yeah. like if it's like, oh, I didn't sit down and think about this, but also in the course of doing this, I haven't come up with anything, then it's just kind of, it is what it is for you. That's it. Yeah. I like, I was, the cast was fine. I would assume you would just like, basically the cast of Riverdale. Like, I don't know. That's the cast, point. The, I, I kind of actually love that just as a concept. Like, you know what? Insert Riverdale, ca- Riverdale cast members where you would like to see them. Like, like Jamie's Madeline Patch. Yeah. Like, on, honestly, if you Tina think is it, this, this Tina's wouldn't Lily be Ryan. out of place in an episode of Riverdale. Absolutely <laughs> this not. Oh my God, absolutely happen not. Happen in an episode of Riverdale that the entire cast gets stuck in a supermarket and yeah. like Cole Sprouse is, I would assume in this that like Cole Sprouse is there um, and he's the one stuck in the car park. And like, yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then like, um, it, it never happens again, but nobody no talks, talks about, about it. It means no. strange. Yeah, no, I, I, that's totally fine. I, as this, as a bottle episode of Riverdale, love it. Yeah. Love it. So a hundred percent. That's, that's what I'm going to go with for my fantasy casting. It's just I like the cast, just however you want to shake it out. Just like use it like a boggle kind of yeah. shaker yeah. and then whoever pops out as the characters go for it. Like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. It's no, I think cast. that's KJ Appa would make a great Josh. Oh, KJ Appa would be thrilled with the prospect of shooting a shark underneath the chin. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that would excite him in truth. And he gets to use his real <laughs> accent. Yeah, he could be, you know, he could be a New Zealand, Australian, Singaporean co-production. Yeah, in still set in the Northwest or Northeast somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, still set, set in, a, in a temperate rainforest in the American the Northeast. Seaboard. Yeah, um, I'm, with, I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah, I only had um, I only had minor tweaks just for funsies, and it really keeps everything intact, basically, because these people are doing they're they're doing the sort of exact job that this movie asks, and it would be like a whole scale rebuild to recast it for me. So actually, what I would do though, I would switch the roles of Tina and Josh. So Tina is our hero in the end because this is such an underuse of Sharni Vincent whose real signature role as an actress is the heroine of the movie You're Next, a movie I am generally so... Like, if one can be aggressively tepid on something, I am aggressively tepid on the movie You're Next. Um, I'm in the minority on that opinion. It's, it's It's a popular movie for this era of horror that came out around, like, the 
turn of 2010. It was sort of a post torture phase. It was it was an interim between where we were in torture to where we were going in sort of supernatural horror. It was sort of very much defined by these filmmakers, Ty West and Adam Wingard. And um, this uh, movie, Your Next, is in it. And it's like essentially like a, it's kind of like a cabin in the woods where it's just a rich family in their house, sort of isolation horror. And they're being they're being stalked from the outside by like nihilistic killers and Sharni Vincent again very unmoved by the movie but Sharni Vincent's character plays the sort of final girl in this and ends up through her backstory um emerging as like this secret trained survivalist who like grew up on an off the grid compound so when shit starts to get real and she's put in a position to like uh oh, it's 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 killer be killed. Turns out she's a fucking animal and she's amazing. And Charney Vincent does a tremendous job in this role. So I wanted to see her shooting a shark in the chin. I wanted to see her tasing a shark in the nose and hanging upside down from from piping. I thought that would have that that was Charney Charney Vincent's role to have. She's wasted as just like a sad girlfriend and. Xavier Samuels can just be hot, sad boyfriend. Like he could have been oh, hot, yeah. sad person. And um, I really like Julian McMahon for the weird discordant nature of of having him in any environment because he's so sort of unsettling as a figure. But if I were to swap out anyone, it's basically just because I want an excuse for Nathan Jones to be in anything Australian oh, yeah. disaster related. So I would make Nathan Jones giant tree of a man 611 350 star of the movie Boar of course that we've talked about on this podcast um I would have him be Julian McMahon's character as the actually believably reluctant protector of his brother who has to rob a bank but doesn't want to and has been put in a moral moral conundrum uh and then watching him also shove a hook through the shoulder of the pirate bad guy and throw him in the water to be shark bait so Julian McMahon, I like what he's doing, but if I could, like, if I was changing one thing fully, it would be Nathan Jones. So that's that's all I've got for this one. I Between that, that or the cast of Riverdale, I think I feel great about both of those things. I, I would be on board. My only thing with that is that if Nathan Jones is going to be in it, then that you know that this movie doesn't end with, like, the shark being tased. It ends with Nathan Jones jumping on the shark's back, yeah. riding it, and then fighting the shark. Yeah. Which and is not, I, I'm not mad about that. Punching it till his cartilage, till the shark's cartilage body turns to pulp in his gigantic hands. Again, not mad at that at all. I am in. Nathan Jones versus the shark. I I would watch that a million times. That's megalod. That's 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 mega shark versus megalodon, kind of or whatever you want to do. Like that, and I like him. Like you put Nathan Jones in that moment where he has that 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 exchange with, with Phoebe Tonkin, where it's like hands on the shoulders, like good job, kid that stops being creepy and is like protector big brother yeah. moment suddenly. So yeah, it, it makes the making the making eyes thing kind of mitigates that and makes it much more sort of like human and not upsetting. Yeah, no, you have, you have a very different movie once you take out the Julian McMahon. Yeah, you really, yeah. you really do. You, you Which really, really attest okay to the presence of Julian McMahon. Like un- yeah, it's entirely, undeniable it's presence. entirely him. Um, not, not mad about any of that. I'm in. So what is our next feature? Well, how many towering infernos are you giving? Oh my god, Jordan? you're right. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it a, a happy two. Not quite two and a half. It's not halfway, it's not halfway to like halfway to full, but like it's an it is as as much uh like thumbs up as I can like put behind a two. That's what I'm giving this. It's a okay. warm, it's a warm two infernos. 
You know, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher than that. It's oh, okay. three for me. Oh, that's great. I love that. You know I what? I'm going to give it, I'm giving it a three because like they tried. It was, it was tense. It was compelling. It was fun to watch. I did yeah. not have a moment where I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like the CG, the video there, the CGI on it wasn't good, but that's could be fixed if they ever yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's if they ever wanted to like re re-engineer some of that, they could. And then this would be a pretty good, like if the, if the shark looked better, I think that it would probably have brought it up for you a little bit. Like just, it would, it was just, it was, it was the, it was the sort of the, the reason I, I have it as a two is because of sort of the, the silliness of the production value. Yeah. It, it, it felt like it was the, like the, 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 the level of seriously that I could possibly take it and not in the sense of like a work of art, but like yeah. it felt more, it felt like a, like a crawl kind of movie, but that was made for T made for TV version of crawl. Yeah. And it, it didn't TV have to feel, it didn't have to feel made for TV. Like we've seen lean movies yeah. like this turn into something like a crawl. So yeah. like, but the fact that it, the fact that our average settles at a two and a half, I feel very good about. Like I would tell this, As I would tell I. people, oh, you want to watch something? Like if you want to do like a fun corny movie night, you know what? Bait. Yeah. You'd have a good time with bait. Yeah. Hour and 20 minutes. Like you're waiting, you're, yeah. you're waiting for some laundry to be done. Yeah. One it, comes with, it certainly comes with my recommendation. Yeah. You're waiting in line at the grocery store. Go watch <laughs> bait. <laughs> Consider while you, the wait, while you wait to get, while you wait to get into Trader Joe's. <laughs> um so okay yes i jumped the gun before but then so then what does that bring us to for next installment oh for next installment um i forgot what it was called arctic blast thank you yes it's arctic blast i was sorry i got very distracted by my dog being adorable just now <laughs> like real distracted uh, but something cute's happening in my house so i don't know what to tell you guys um Arctic blast. So 2010 movie. 70 degrees and dropping. When a solar the eclipse line. That's the lot. When a solar eclipse sends a colossal blast of super chilled air toward the earth, that can't happen. It then sets <laughs> off a catastrophic chain of events that threaten to engulf the world in ice and begin a new ice age. So that is available right. you guys on our favorite, our favorite free streaming service, Tubi. Tubi. Um, Tubi. So you know. Uh, watch that, I guess, on Tubi. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure that my dog doesn't kill anything here. Um, yeah, watch that on Tubi. It is free. It is streaming. We'll be doing that next week. Mm -hmm. uh, it has, or it has Bruce Davison. Always, always a hero for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. It, like the the indispensable, indefatigable Bruce Davison. A yeah, man, a man of every season. I can't promise he plays the president, but I hope he does. I hope so <laughs> yes. too. He is and for in anyone our hearts, who he will. for anyone who might not know. I think the thing that any you know that most people like me would know him from is playing Senator Kelly in the X Men movies. I think you're totally right. About who that. is the one who turns into true. slime and then slips out of the fingers of um, yeah is the one who Brian turns Cox? into the ones who turns into Lindsey Graham briefly before <laughs> turning fully into water. Yeah, in yeah. one of the most disgusting things I ever saw in my young life. It was very. That was a. That was a formative movie effects moment. Yeah. I think, at, like when you went and saw that first X Men movie at that time in that era, it was like, oh my god. Oh so, yeah, that was incredibly cool. And yeah. also, didn't realize how much I was going to want that to happen to actual senators later in life. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
didn't realize how aspirational that would become for me later, but uh, it was a great, it's a great moment, but we've got Bruce Davison. So, you know, That's all you need. and a bunch of other people we don't know. Yep. It might be another Aussie production. We're not sure. Come on. You don't, you don't know Michael Shanks <laughs> from Stargate oh, SG one yeah. and SG1. saving hope. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a joint Canadian-Australian picture, so we're really on the Australian beat uh, right now, which makes me very happy, as we should all, as you should all know by now. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we'll be watching that on Tubi for next week. Um, and until then, Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at J-O-R-C-R-U, Crew, and you can find me on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, it's like patreon.com, I think, just slash Cruciola. Um Come read, come read writings about uh, Jennifer's body and um, Divine Fury and various Donnie Yen movies and horror films. It's it's good. It's good stuff. You it is good stuff. And it's really good stuff. Internationally known Jordan Cruciola, as we now know. Hell yeah. Verified. Verified. Yeah. Um, Jason, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jason Halftones. You can also find me uh, in my new apartment uh, stacking uh, uh, cinder blocks and <laughs> unpacking boxes. That's, that's my new hobby. Go visit J- Jason's new house. Yeah, just come to my apartment. <laughs> yeah. come you chill. can literally find him. My address um, is... <laughs> and uh, I am Amanda R. Tubbs with two Bs on Twitter. Please. Tubies. and uh that's all the only place you can find me don't come to my house um, <laughs> the podcast is disaster underscore pod on twitter we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com mm. um if you guys haven't already please rate and review us um, that always helps you would love it on uh, we love getting a rating and a review we love we love that little bit that little like nugget of approval um <laughs> And interact with us on Twitter, you know? Spread the good word about us. Yeah. Share. Tell us what your favorite movie is. Tell us, you know, who you would fantasy cast. Whatever tell us, you want. Tell us why you like Airport 1970, because we didn't. Yeah, still, we still are trying to get an explanation on that one. <laughs> um, actually, there was. We did have someone reply who had a very good, like, four-part explanation about how they feel that Airport 1970 sort of is an integral part of the disaster canon. If not I mean, it is. It's like it's the one. catalyst. It's the catalyst of the yeah. ensemble 1970s disaster wave for sure. Yeah, and that was basically that was the argument. And I was like, you know what? That is fair. I enjoyed that. So that was so that was a good a good rebuttal. Like I guys, I've got nothing but time, and I handle the account. So please give me something to do. <laughs> Interact with us on Twitter. Well, and hey, yeah. if any if if any of the listeners want to see exactly what the full rebuttal was, you know that that's the only way to get it. Go to that go to that Twitter account and find it. Yeah, um, I, I, I could pod. theoretically have told no. you who said it or done any research, but no, no there was. They got to go to the yeah. Twitter and they got to see it. That's that's the only way. That's true. Okay, well, I'm definitely it's not right. going to shout. The only thing I will say is I will give credit to Joe Decker. There you go. Is the name of the person. So Joe Decker, who hashtagged himself as or themselves, I don't know. Oh, he, him, or they, them. So hashtag themselves as a disaster diva. Thank you for hashtagging yourself. Yeah, I appreciate thank that. you. Yeah, so I love it when it, when a disaster diva takes on the title themselves. That's very good. Um, yeah, so be like Joe, guys. Be like Joe. Be like be like Joe. Interact with us. Give us your arguments. Tell us what movies you'd watch. Tell us who do fantasy cast. Hell yeah, we're here, and yeah. uh, we'll see y'all back next week for Arctic Glass. Yes. See you later, guys. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>